Hello ladies, welcome to the Wait for Rest podcast. I'm your host, Kim. You've been called to a purpose that is beyond anything you could imagine. Your value is priceless. God has entrusted you to represent a picture of Christ's church. It's important to know because Jesus is coming back for his bride, the church. Once he comes, those who are a part of his church will have access to God's eternal rest. Ladies, you are valuable because in everything that you do, God has asked you to paint a beautiful picture of Christ's church so that through you, others may come to receive God's gift of eternal rest. But first, you must know his rest for yourself. Well, ladies, we all need rest, and not just any rest, God's rest. It starts with understanding your value and ends with exchanging your weight for his rest. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to the Wait for Rest podcast. You know, I feel like that last episode, I left some of you ladies thinking, "Mm, I don't know if I want to listen anymore. (laughs) But hey, you know what? Like I said before, I'm not here to convince any of you all. I'm not here to really, I don't want to offend anyone either. Uh, Also, I'm not here trying to get you to be at home like me. That is definitely not the case. I just want to encourage you the way the Lord has encouraged me and ultimately uh, help you all see the bigger picture because it's not all about being at home or, or having a career and all of that. There's a way, way bigger picture than that. But before we get started, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to once again be able to talk about you, talk about your um, your great design, Lord, your perfect will that you've created us in, Lord, and that um, you still have not changed in, Lord. So we thank you so much that we can still talk about it, even though we, are, we live in a fallen world, you have never changed. You are not fallen. You are perfect, Lord. And Lord, we can live the best way we can up to your perfect will. So Lord, I pray that um, whatever I say today, that you would be seen, you would be glorified, and that it will be acceptable and pleasing to your eyes, Lord. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So, okay. Last episode, if you haven't heard it, you probably you definitely want to listen to it before this one. But um, I talked about finding rest in our curse. And that, that sounds so odd. But, you know, the way God cursed Adam and Eve to me is such a, so, so beautiful. It's so merciful because, yeah, they deserved to, to be punished. But there was so much mercy in it because it was just as if he was saying, hey, I'm going to curse you, but it's just there to remind you of your need of me. And every time you go through this heavy load of suffering or, or carrying the responsibilities I've tasked you with, uh, you can remember me that I'm here right here with you. And I still want to to give you that rest and assurance that I want to carry it for you with you by my side. And so um, I think it's so beautiful to to think about that. But now I want to talk about why is this curse so important um, and, and why is it something that we need to, to look into and be reminded about? Um, well, like I said, that when when the Lord brought Genesis chapter two and three to, to my mind, it, it's just not something I would typically do. So I want to remind you ladies that, you know, this is not really the Kim I was last year. This really has to be something the Lord brought to my attention because otherwise I would never be saying any of the things I'm sharing with you at all. And my husband can attest to that. He knows who I, who I was and that the Lord has completely changed my heart. So um, I'm excited to continue sharing with you all. So I want to get a little more into Genesis chapter three. So um, I'm going to share a quick story here, just a little snippet of it. Um, And this is the story of where I believe God's rest was first experienced on earth. So I'm going to open up Genesis chapter three, and I'm going to read verse six through maybe 
Eight. So it says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Now I'm going to pause right here because this part is maybe irrelevant, but I think it's, I think some ladies will enjoy it. <laughs> Remember, we're not here to point fingers at the men, you know, that's, that's not what we're here about, but I want to share it because it's something I never knew and the Lord brought it to my attention. So I'm just going to share it. Okay. So if you read chapter two, you know, there's that verse in there where God specifically talks to Adam and he says, um, it's the verse where it says, verse 17, chapter two, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it for in that day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. So you have this verbal conversation that Jesus is talking to Adam about. He's saying, hey, look, uh, don't eat this tree. You want to die if you do. I mean, he really trusted Adam with this. I mean, uh, profound information. He trusted Adam with everything, right? He really believed Adam could lead very well, rightfully so. So, but then you go into chapter three and there's this conversation between the serpent and Eve and, and the serpent's asking her, hey, you know, uh, who, who said you can't eat this? And she says, well, God said we couldn't eat this. But what's interesting to me is that I don't see an actual verbal conversation recorded in God's word between God and Eve, where God is saying, hey, don't eat of this tree. Could he have told her personally? Sure. I just don't see the record in God's word. I mean, it could be that Adam was just being the leader that he's supposed to be and told her, hey, don't eat this tree. God said, you eat it, you'll die. But you don't see in record uh, an actual conversation between Eve and God. You just see it recorded between Adam and God. So you could see what the authority was given. God gave Adam this authority. So now let's fast forward back to that verse where it says um, she uh, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Now, ladies, I don't know if you've ever read this before, but I thought this was kind of funny because I've always heard and maybe it's just been told to me out of context or maybe I've just not been paying attention. But I've always thought that Eve ran out and, and took this fruit and was looking for him in the garden and convinced him to eat it or, you know, try to beg him to eat it. He tried to tell her, don't do it. But the Bible literally says that he was right there with her. I've never seen that before. <laughs> and that kind of got got my attention and when I shared it with my husband one day we both looked at it and he said whoa he he, he said he'd never seen that before and he went and shared it with some of his friends uh, a couple of days later but it was interesting because if Adam is standing right there with her you know he was able to hear this conversation between the serpent and Eve and he didn't one time insert himself and say hey don't do that you know God God said we shouldn't do that he there was no level of protection here, I would say, and a level of um, a leadership as a whole. And so this is the first step where, where Adam really, um, he, he, he didn't stand up to what he was supposed to be doing. He, he literally watched her do it. Could it be that um, he wanted to see if she would actually die? I don't know. <laughs> but whatever it was, I do believe it was that of a selfish decision decision he he didn't step in and stop it um and so he ate it and you know i've heard so often that people would say oh well he just didn't want to um 
um, stop her because, you know, he loved her. He wanted to fall with her because he saw her fall and he loved her so much. He didn't want her to do it by herself. I don't know that that part is true. I used to believe that. I don't know that that part is true because when you read the next few verses, um, you, you see Adam saying it was Eve's fault and love doesn't throw someone under the bus. So <laughs> I'm just saying when I read this part, I have a little, um, I have a little different thoughts now about this story, but so now when you keep breathing, it says the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. This verse is so important to me because I believe here in the garden of Eden was the first place where at human human life was able to really show what it's like to rest in god you know once if you've listened to my um my smaller episode before i was talking about being in the presence of god and i i do believe that that's where you find rest in god by being in his presence because if you know jesus and you die from this earth you'll be in the presence of god which is in heaven and that's that ultimate rest that he desires all of us to obtain but how do you have that on earth? You, you, you walk with him, you talk with him, you, you trust in him, you believe in him, you depend on him. And so Adam and Eve, I knew what it was like to strictly be completely dependent on God. They knew nothing other than leaning on him. And so the Bible says, which is so interesting to me, it says that they hid from the presence of God, the flesh, because of the wrong thing that they got involved with, their flesh no longer wanted to depend on God. It no longer wanted to be in the presence of God, so much so that they thought it was right to go hide behind a tree <laughs> that God created. I mean, so comical. But this part to me is so interesting because this is where, so important, this is where the rest of God to me started. This is where God's rest started. And when this this sin took place this is where it started to get distorted and i believe that that centers around um the authority and the structure of the home why do i say that because that's where the the dependency on god fell out of place the resting in god fell out of place when the home and the structure of the home got distorted so now what kim what are you talking about what does that mean okay so I believe the structure of the home is that of God being at the head of the home. God is that he is that authority. He created the world. He's the head of, of all of us, right? He's our creator. But up under um, him is man. He has placed man um, as um, the, the lead of a home. And if you are wanting to get married, you need to be aware of these things because this is how, it, this is God's perfect plan. And this is how he's originally designed it. He's very obsessed with marriage. And we'll get into that later on. Um, but, you know, he's put himself at the head. But in order to keep himself at the head, this is what it has to look like. You know, you have a man who strictly answers to God, which means he's, this man still has to submit to somebody. He doesn't have any authority outside of God. So everything he delegates, everything he says in the home has to come from God. Otherwise, he he's out of the will of God. So, you know, you have God and you have uh, man, but then you have the woman up under him. You only have the woman up under him because she is in subjection to God, which God has said be up under the husband. 
So she's actually, you know, under under her husband, but she's also under God. Both are in submission and subjection to God. So this whole story shows a picture of the entire structure that God created completely distorted and flipped over into something God never designed or created. Okay, so let me paint this picture for you. So you have Adam. He is the head of the home. God put him over uh, the animals. God put him over uh, Eve. He put him over everything, basically. And then you have um, this picture of Eve, and she is taking this fruit, and she decides to eat it. And as soon as she eats it, she gives it to Adam. Okay? Now, my first question here is, um, as soon as Adam took this fruit from her, he became more of a follower rather than a leader. Like he, he, he watched her. He allowed her to lead him in doing something that he already knew was wrong. Okay. So my first question was, well, why in the world did this serpent go to Eve? Why couldn't he have gone to Adam? Now the Bible doesn't say this, but personally, I believe this. Okay. If I see that God has put Adam over the beasts of the field, all the animals, you know, it, because he, after that, God, Adam goes to God. Why would an animal, a serpent, want to go ask Adam about doing something he knew was wrong if he knew that Adam was just going to go to God about it, right? So in, in, to, to follow, to go to Adam would you still keep yourself under the structure that God created because Adam was the head of everything. So I believe, I personally believe that, no, the enemy wanted to distort this. And what better way to completely distort God's authority than to get himself at the top? Because if you have, if you have, if you follow God's authority, God stays at the top. But Satan wants to be at the top, right? He's the prince of this world right now. And so how can he get his hands in the home? How can he flip what God created up so perfectly? How can he distort it and get everyone's ears and minds off of God and unfocused from God? Well, he has to be at the top, right? He has to be in, in, in authority of the home. I don't think that he went to Eve to, to say that, oh, she's the, she's the one that can be easily deceived because she's just, she's a woman and she doesn't know better. No, I don't believe that. I personally believe because everyone's capable of sinning, right? Men are not exempt from being deceived. Men are not exempt from doing wrong. As a matter of fact, he was well aware, as we just talked about, he was well aware of what was happening and he consciously made a decision to do wrong, right? The Bible says Eve was deceived, but he he was well aware. So I don't know if that's more wrong. Both are wrong, but <laughs> um, so I don't think that the serpent said, let me go talk to Eve because she's the dumb one. No. I think he went to her because it actually completely distorts the structure of the home. To go to Eve is to not fall in the, to the authority of what God orchestrated, which is to go to the man, right? So he goes to the woman, he gets the woman to take this fruit, and now she is feeding it to her husband. Her husband takes it, and now the home went from God's authority to that under this serpent's authority. Because if God... It, if God is not, if the man is not the head, oh, I'm sorry. If the man is not the head, he's not the leader. And the woman is now leading and telling him what to do. Then who's ahead of her? I'm not saying when a woman is a leader that Satan's at the head. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in this picture, 
the serpent knew what he was doing. There was strategy here. Okay. And so he, the very first home in the Bible was that of Adam and Eve. And he had such a scheme. I mean, he was so strategic. I have to distort this. I gotta, I gotta get this man and this woman to stop resting in God. I gotta get this man and this woman to stop being in the presence of God. Stop depending on him. Do whatever you want. You don't need God. You don't need him. So he gets himself at the head of the home and he completely distorts it and what i see is so interesting here is because you know when you're not where you're supposed to be and you're not in the presence of god you can easily get distracted from hearing from god and i i believe that happened here because if you read uh, genesis chapter 3 where now god is speaking to the man he's you know obviously he's 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 asking the man about all of this like you know what did you do <laughs> because listen he really trusted adam he adam was the leader so there's this verse here that says, um, um, it says unto Adam, he said, because you have hearkened unto the voice of your wife and have eaten up the tree of which I commanded you saying, do not, you should not eat of it. Curses the ground for your sake and sorrow shall you eat of it all the days of your life. And so I, that's so sad because God literally says, look, I told you, Adam, I verbally told you not to eat it. And because you decided to listen to her and not me, this is on your account. And so it's so interesting to me because once you're not where God wants you to be, it distorts your hearing from him. You're no longer able to hear the voice of God. You're hearing the voice of, of something else. And that's why, ladies, I say this is so important because we got to really, really watch the structure of our home. If we're putting ourselves in a place where we want to lead and we want to take control, it's not, it's not so much so as you are incapable of doing anything as a matter of fact you're very capable <laughs> i mean it's very obvious that we women are capable of doing so many things okay um as a matter of fact the bible says it's good for a man to have a woman <laughs> but you know it's just that's irrelevant but i i think that um we are very capable of doing things but that doesn't mean that just because we're capable that it's right right god god still has his perfect structure not that he's demeaning us but i think he's ultimately protecting us that to me is so beautiful and so honorable that he wants to protect us at all means keep us up behind him so that he can he can fight the battle ahead of us he can provide for us and take care of us that's what he has ordered these men to do it's such an honor to be looked at like that ladies so um I think it's so important that we understand that because when we start to step into this, this position where we want to lead our home and whether it's protecting, providing, whether it's whatever you are doing that, that pushes your husband behind you rather than ahead of you to, to look more like Christ, um, then you start to affect your husband's hearing. And I'm not saying that that's your, oh, he can't hear it from God. He, he has his own choices, right? But when you try to get ahead of your husband and now you're trying to speak into his life, telling him, you need to do that. You're not being a spiritual leader. You're not providing, you're not taking care of us. And you are ahead of him and trying to correct and instruct him. Remember that you are not his authority. The only way that he can receive the appropriate authority, God has literally built him to hear from God. God has literally built him to change and, and make a right decisions and to, to lead and protect, provide all these things based off of God's guidance. So if you have yourself up there leading your husband 
and then you start to see things not working out and he's not doing this, he's not doing that. Could it be that you're blocking um, the voice of God from your husband? Could it be that no, God is no longer at the head of your home if you are leading it? I don't know. I say this is just a thought because when I look at this picture, God was no longer the authority here when Satan got Eve to do something she was not supposed to do. And then Adam followed. So, <laughs> you know, I think that this is so important to talk about because, um, man, the authority of the home, the structure of the home is, if you look at it nowadays, it's so distorted and it's kind of sad because I think we do live in a world where we women, um, it's hard. Um, and a lot of us women feel like we have to validate ourselves. We have to, um, be seen in the world and and the things that um the bible may say are not as appealing or um maybe it's not as attractive and so um you know i, I want to talk more about this in another episode because um when i when i talk about the man leading the home you know it's 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 not about an authoritative position. It's actually more of a humbling and honorable position. And, and a, a godly man would know what that is. Because to, to be called the leader, the man of the home, um, is to understand that he's supposed to replicate a picture of Christ. Will he be perfect in that way? No. But a picture of Christ, ladies, think about that. <laughs> that's, that's unto death because Christ came um, and he gave his life for us. And in every way that he could, he protected and provided for his people. And he was always at the forefront of every, every battle, every temptation. And that's what God has called your man to do. And the least we could do is follow them and push them to be more and more like Christ. But I want to talk more in the next episode. What does that look like for a man? Because I think it's very important not for us to point our fingers at these men and say, you need to do what you're supposed to do. That is, because let me tell you, once again, you're not in the authority of him. And thank God for that, because God is a better instructor than you. But it's important for you to know what that looks like, because it helps you free yourself from taking on an unnecessary weight that you don't have to carry. You know, there are so many, there was, there was a time in my life that I felt like, um, I, <laughs> Yeah, I felt like um, I was being more spiritual than my husband. Wow, very prideful, huh? And so I would pray to God and say, Lord, um, you help my husband to be more spiritual. I feel like I'm more spiritual than him. Why can't you change him? Why can't you do this? I, I'm trying to help him with this. I'm trying to help him do this and say this. And the Lord convicted me and said, I, you're carrying a weight that I never asked of you to carry. It's actually impossible for you to change him. I have literally created your husband to change based off of me. I am his authoritative. So you're carrying this load of, oh, I'm trying to change him. He doesn't listen to me. I'm trying to get him to do this. I'm trying to get him to do that. And he's just not, he's not being a spiritual leader. And God said, it's not your responsibility. Let that go. Be free of it. You're not supposed to change him at all. And you can't, like you literally can't change him. Only I can. So it's important for us to understand what does that look like? Because first and foremost, if you're a single woman, 
I, ladies, I want to pre-warn you. Hey, you, when you say I do, this is not just, oh, ring, you know, fancy, lolly, dot. No, no, no. This is a bigger picture than that. This is not Barbie and, her, and Ken, okay? <laughs> this is a picture of Christ and his church and everything that you do in every, every way that you and your husband look like, that's what you're saying I do too. And we're going to dive into that more. What does it look like for a husband to replicate Christ? I don't know that to the greatest extent, but I can give you a general idea of what the Lord has taught me. But I love what he's taught me because now I know my limits. I, I can't cross this line and I don't want to cross that line because it's actually a heavy responsibility, lady. It's a heavy responsibility, but it's also an honorable responsibility that a godly man would say, I do to replicate Christ in my home. I do to taking on the heavier loads so that you can be felt like you're worth being protected. Or I do because I can't help but to provide and protect you because I have to look like Christ. I have to represent Christ in my home. And it is such an honor to do that. So I can't wait to talk more about that because it really gives me such relief of weights that I've been carrying that I don't have to carry. And I thank God for it. Oh man, it makes me want to step back. With all due respect, I step back. Now God, what about us women? What does that look like for us to follow? What does it look like for us? If God has called the man to love his women as Christ loves the church, what does it look like for us women to represent Christ's church? That's a very big question. And we're going to dive into that so much, ladies, because we can point our fingers at men all we want to and, and try to um, tell them to do what they're supposed to do. But guess what? When we're doing what we're supposed to do, it's amazing how they how things change. Because you can't try to change someone if you yourself are not doing what you're supposed to do. And representing a picture of Christ's church is beyond your beyond your understanding. It's not just about being at home. It's not just about being doing this big career or whatever it is. It's way more than that, ladies. And it's it's extremely important that we understand that because if we don't understand it, if we don't understand how valuable it is and important it is, we won't take on the responsibility. I know I wouldn't. As a matter of fact, I wasn't. So <laughs> now that I, I'm understanding it and I'm learning more and more, it is so beautiful. It's so beautiful, but it is empowering i mean it really wants me it helps me help my husband rather than hindering him because there are so many times that i felt like i was helping him when in fact i was keeping him from being even more and more like christ because i was taking our responsibilities that he's supposed to take on to make him look more and more like christ help him look like christ is worth depending on worth trusting in you know this is so important for salvation for lost people that look at us from the outside in and they see christ they see a picture of christ they see a picture of what it looks like to be a part of Christ's church it's so important ladies it's so important so all that to say why is the curse so important because it happened in the garden of eden where the rest of God first happened where, where humans were first able to experience really resting in God. I mean, they walked hand in hand with him. 
And God is so merciful and gracious to to give us these curses so that we have a, a reminder to rest in him, that we need him. And he didn't just keep it there. You know, he sends his son, we'll talk about it later on, but he sends his son to to be a sacrifice for us so that we can have eternal rest with him in heaven. Not just this rest on earth, but it's everlasting. It's a hope that we have on earth so that we have a tiny taste of it here on earth and we crave it even more and more and more that death does not rule over us. Death is, death does not create fear in our hearts because we have a desire to be in the presence of God. We have a desire to rest eternally in his arms. So, it's so important about um, the curse and important about the distortion of the home because we want to bring people towards God's rest. We don't want to push them away. And so if you are a single woman, even in the way you act towards Jesus and the things that you do and the way you live, are you showing forth this picture of complete dependency on Christ as a picture of his church? Are you doing that? Are you representing Christ in every way or, or showing forth Christ in every way and everything that you do in your life? Because that could be a picture of his church to another lost single woman. Um, yeah, this is all this stuff is so beautiful to me and so mind blowing. But I'm going to stop here because next episode, I'm going to dive into once again, what does it look like for a man to represent Christ so that we understand our limits as a woman? And then what does it look like for us women to represent Christ's church? Because to me, ladies, that is that is really what this is about doing our part, understanding our value so that we can find rest in Christ. And so that others can come and find his, come to know his rest as well. Love you, ladies. Have a good one. Ladies, don't forget, if you're wondering how can you support this podcast, the best way to support it is to share with as many women as possible. You know, we women have to encourage each other. We have to encourage each other to rest, especially in a time that we are living in now. We all deserve and desire rest. So the best way to support is to share the podcast with any woman you can think of. This is for anybody, any woman, any lady of any age, share it. Also, you could like the podcast on apple and spotify you can rate it if you think it's good if it's been encouraging also on youtube if you could subscribe hit that subscribe button and also share it as well but most importantly i do love feedback so if if there's something that has encouraged you something you want to hear more of on my website you could check it out you could scroll down to the email list i would love if you sign up for the mailing list so that i can send you notes of encouragement every week as well as give you updates on the book but also here uh, is where you can leave a comment for any feedback of the podcast, how it has encouraged you mostly. So thank you so much, ladies. I look forward to talking to you soon. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to the Wait for Rest podcast. To stay updated with future episodes, the book release, and more, visit www.wait-for-rest.org. And remember, Jesus says to come to him if you're tired and if you have any burdens. And it's through him that you will find God's rest. Until next time.